and Sister Pace, Brother James and Sister Harmony Pace from Indiana. I grew up with them in Indiana, and, uh, and they are missionaries to the great nation of Austria and are pastoring, going to be pastoring in Vienna, Austria, have pastored in the nation of Liechtenstein and are going back. And ladies and gentlemen, as you know by watching the news uh, and take in, taking note of what's happening in our world, uh, that Europe is in desperate need for God. And it is becoming, as we knew it would, it is becoming a center stage for what the Lord is doing in these last days. And we thank God for men and women who have heeded the call to go to that great continent where the gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached and that seed is in that ground. And I thank God for Brother and Sister Pace who have gone into that continent and have accepted and embraced their calling to reach the people of Austria with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're honored to have them tonight at First Apostolic Church. Let's give them a warm welcome. We welcome you, Brother and Sister Pace. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Thank you, sir. Well, let's clap our hands unto the Lord tonight. Oh, doesn't it feel good to get the point across that he's... Oh, come on, with everything you got, let's put our hands together. Jesus, we worship you and you alone tonight. You're the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Ah, oh, come on, somebody shout unto the Lord tonight. Praise be to your name, almighty God. We love you, Jesus. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, Jesus. Well, what a wonderful presence of the Lord we feel in this house tonight. It feels good, and it just feels right to praise the Lord. There's only one that's on the throne. John, whenever he saw heaven, he looked and he saw the throne. There was only one there. There's only one there. And his name is Jesus. One more time, would you put your hand? Ah, let's worship him tonight. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Um, as a matter of fact, we could do that for, well, longer than the allotted time tonight. We could do that for the rest of our lives. It feels as if that's what we were meant to do. It feels as if that's just a right fit. And you better believe it. As pastor said, this world is wrapping up. You could talk to somebody that's on the street that's never even darkened the church doors. And they'll tell you something's going on. Ah, oh, man, we are in the very last few moments on this earth. And God is preparing his church all around this world for the greatest event. You can't even put it into words. The apostle Paul said, all I know is when the last trump sounds, we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I know we've had a long, wonderful day. We had a wonderful time uh, in service this morning as well. God is so good to his people, and we're doing it right. This is the right thing to do, to be faithful unto the Lord until the very end. We've been traveling. We were talking to our dear friend, Brother Enos, and we've been traveling for a while, not as much as they've traveled. But we've been traveling a while and going around all of the United States, and it's the same story no matter where you go. People being faithful, doing what's right, 
preaching, doing your best, witnessing, doing your best to love your neighbor. And that's the right thing to do because souls are being changed. They really are. Souls are being transformed. We're doing it right. We're doing the right thing. We're being faithful. And you better believe it. God's going to reward his people. He's coming back for his people. And he's going to reward us, the Bible says. So we're doing the right thing. And across Europe, that's what we see. Faithful people have planted seeds. I like that. Planted seeds in Europe. And uh, I'm 36. I'm kind of a young guy. But we're walking into things. We're walking into the harvest that people have labored so long before us. Over the last few months, uh, three years ago, there was an Iranian man who uh, came to our Bible school. And he did not have the Holy Ghost before he came to Bible college. <laughs> we, it, over in, in overseas, you do things kind of opposite. He got the Holy Ghost in Bible school. <clears throat> and at the point, amen. And at that point, there wasn't a Muslim or a, a Farsi speaker within sight. And then over three years, we watched as that man was raised up. And if you're paying attention to the news, that migration, refugee crisis swept Europe and has forever changed it. it it'll never be the same. And as that, uh, well, the news said it was a crisis, but God changed it into an opportunity. And before we knew it, that same man who came in, he came in like you come in out of the dark. Couldn't even see his way around. But the Lord did such a wonderful thing in that man's life. And he went down and he saw those camps. 20,000 people in Vienna just camped out. And he said, you know what? I think we can have a Farsi-speaking church. He went down there and started, started loving people. He said, those refugees said, you know what? A lot of people have came. They've given us water. We got stacks and stacks of water. <laughs> but he said, nobody has actually offered to spend time with us. Hey, I said, we're doing it right, folks. We're doing it right. That's how you do it. First service, they had 50 people, 50 Muslim, Farsi-speaking students, in church, looking around, just trying to figure out what planet they were on. Hey, but the Holy Ghost has fallen down. Over the last year, they baptized over 50 with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in water and in the Spirit. Ah, we thank God for that. We thank God. So the moral of the story is we're doing it right. We stay, we stay faithful and we watch what God is going to do. I don't know about you, but I want to be right smack dab in the middle of what God is doing in this last of the last days. Amen. Nothing else will do. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you so much. It is wonderful being here with old friends. I say that. Our paths crossed enough while we were young, and we spend our lives now meeting people for the first time. And it's good to walk into a place and see an old friend. And so I know that you are very proud of the leadership and all that that's here, and we are we were very proud as well. Tonight, I would like to ask my wife to come. She's going to minister to us in the Word. I want to receive something tonight, don't you? Would you mind, would you mind just to lift up your hands and let's, let's welcome the presence of the Lord into this place tonight. Let's welcome that His perfect will would be done tonight. Let's do it. Let's lift our voices together as you welcome Sister Pace tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for your precious power. 
Hallelujah for the authority of your name tonight. God, we love you. What a precious, precious opportunity to be in your house. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. What a powerful presence of the Lord that I feel here tonight. Amen. We are seated together, as the Bible would say, in heavenly places. Together. Amen. With the body of Christ. I'm so thankful. You don't have to travel very long to start really appreciating just what the family of God means. Amen. And you are part of a wonderful worldwide family of God. And we're going somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going somewhere. Amen. Thank you for standing. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John, the 11th chapter. And again, I'll repeat my husband by saying we're very thankful to be here tonight, to be with Brother and Sister Enos, Brother and Sister Urshan. Amen. Give God praise for people who've committed their lives to the, the propagation of the gospel in its entirety. Amen. And we are walking in, and we're going to reap in fields that we have not planted. And that's, that's the law of the harvest. One plants another waters, and God gives the increase. Amen. And I'm excited to be a part of this last day church. Amen. I'm thankful, and I want to be faithful to his word, and I want to be faithful to those that have gone before us, faithful to the truth that they preached. Amen. And I know that God will continue to be faithful to his people. Amen. John, the 11th chapter. I guess I'd better get there myself. Amen. You'll have to forgive me. You may walk away from this service tonight thinking that was one of the strangest missionary services I've been in. But as I was reading my Bible last night, I I read across this scripture and all night long I tossed and turned and I kept hearing what I believed to be the Lord just speaking over and over into my heart saying, where is that place? And so I'm just going to talk to you tonight from that subject. Where is that place? John 11, verse number 30, we'll begin there. John 11, verse number 30 says, Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. See, uh, Lazarus had died. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit. And was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? And Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave it was a cave and a stone lay upon it Jesus said take ye away the stone Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him Lord by this time he stinketh for he hath been dead four days and Jesus saith unto her said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe thou shouldest see the glory of God 
Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound, hand and foot with the grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. That place. In this chapter, we can look and see that Lazarus, the wonderful friend of Jesus, had died. And had been in the tomb four days. We see that his sisters questioned his delay. How many have ever been frustrated sometimes at the timing of God? Questioning his delay. And Jesus even shows emotion and weeps. He cries. Onlookers would comment that because of his tears, oh, how he must have loved Lazarus. Sometimes it's easy as we're going through life and we see the apparent delay of our Savior in the midst of our situation, we can begin to wonder, how can he really love me? And yet onlookers would say, oh, how he loved Lazarus. We also see in verse number 37 that there was a recognition by those who would stand back and watch that he was very well capable of having taken care of Lazarus before it ever came to this point. Could not this man who made blind eyes see? Couldn't he have taken care of it before we came to this spot? Incredible. We see so many varied emotions throughout this chapter. But Jesus would look and say, take away the stone. And then we would see the reaction of his sister. But by now he stinks. I don't think we probably want to do that. Probably not a very good idea. But what's amazing is as we read scripture, I can look and see that this scenario would be played out multiple times over and over and over again throughout generations, through different countries, different continents, different cultural situations, different language barriers. Whatever scenario that time would bring down the pike this has been played out over and over and over again. See, there would be those meetings, some familiar with Jesus already, and others would meet him for the very first time, where it would seem that Jesus missed the memo or, or was just somehow uh, messed up on his, on his daylight savings time and didn't show up at the exact moment that we expected him to. But see, life affords us all kinds of places just like this where we come in contact with, with the Savior. There would be those meetings. And it would seem like, it would seem like that he doesn't, he doesn't care and he didn't love us and he wasn't concerned. And, and he didn't have any idea where we were or what we were going through. And some may have come to their own conclusions that, that the validity of his words just didn't hold any weight. They may have even questioned what they'd heard others say that he had done. Because now, that's good for you, but he, he didn't show up for me. How many have encountered somebody like that? Regardless of the circumstances, many have heard him say, Where have you laid him? That place. 
And as I felt the Lord speaking over and over and over again, and I tossed and turned, it was like the Lord was saying, you know, that place, you have it, I have it. It's that place where we take our disappointments and our frustrations of unanswered prayer and we, we walk it down to a, a, a tomb, as it were, and we, we pull away a stone and we tuck it in there and then we roll a stone over it and we just write it in our journal as he didn't show up and he didn't hear my prayer or this wasn't in the cards or, or maybe he didn't hear me or I didn't pray loud enough or maybe there's something wrong with me or, and the list goes on and on and on. And we all have that place. We all have that place of confusion or frustrations or doubts or, or what we would store away as being unanswered prayers. We have that place. And yet that is the place that he wants to meet us. Show me, show me where you've laid him. Show me where you've laid all of those feelings and all of those questions and those doubts. Show me where you've laid them. And many people would easily respond, well, come and see. And that's what they said. Jesus, come on and you can see it. We'll take you right to the place. And then he says, well, let's roll away the stone. And we say, I don't think you want to do that because that place stinks. That place. And everyone has that place. Even that place where we laid down our preconceptions of how things were supposed to pan out. He wants us to take him to the place where we had to lay it down because we recognized that we had done all that we could do. And that's a tough place to be. And that's the place he wants to meet us. That's the place he's meeting people in this hour. Because everyone has that place. In church, out of church, everyone has that place that they store questions of, is there a God? Can I know him? Will he love me? Can I be loved? That place. And it stinks. It stinks. The easy answer to the question of where is that place is, come and see. But taking away that stone, well, that's another matter. In the city of Vienna, it's a wonderful apostolic international church that sits inside a wonderful, beautiful international city. It's about 2.2 million people. And if you ever get the chance, you should go there. Beautiful, wonderful place. Wonderful people. The minute you walk in the doors of that church, you feel love. And if you've never felt love before, you're going to be knocked to the floor. Because I'm used to feeling loved. I'm thankful for that. But that place just it about knocks your socks off. And um, precious people. But as we were there um, just over a year ago, there was a beautiful couple that sat at the very back row and uh, the Lord had filled him with the Holy Ghost several years prior. They had been coming for probably five years. And, and she would come, and she looked pleasant enough, but she was never engaged in uh, the service, never engaged really in the altar call. 
Now, him, on the other hand, he wanted to do everything. He, he loved being the usher. He would lead song service. He would teach Sunday school. He would do it all simultaneously if, if it was possible. Just that kind of energetic guy. And her, not so much. So we just kept loving and kept preaching. And one morning, my husband was preaching, and he was preaching, Eekville, I, I want. And preaching, I want the Holy Ghost. If you want it, you can have it. And that is God's promise to you. And as he began to preach, it wasn't very long into that altar call that that sister got up after years of just sitting on the back row and got up and walked down the center aisle and stood right in front of the pulpit and she said, Pastor Pace, I want the Holy Ghost today. And before anyone could even get to her to pray for her, she had lifted up her hands and God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because for years she had sat there and the Lord had probably knocked on her heart saying, take me to that place. And she said, well, you can come and you can see it. But as far as rolling away that stone, we're going to have to wait for that. And then there was just one day in the spirit when the spirit got to her. And it wasn't like it wasn't just like she was trying to keep him in an arm's distance anymore. But a stone was rolled away. And there may have been an odor, but you couldn't have smelled it simply because the baptism of the Holy Ghost put out such a sweet fragrance. Such a sweet fragrance that it didn't matter what had been hidden there anymore. Because God is still rolling away stones. And he's able to take care of what stinks. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that she was the kind of person. Now, if you visit Vienna, they are going to worship very exuberantly. And they're going to worship in a circle. And you, you fall in or out of the circle as worship goes along. Okay? And, and they do it at the front. And I learned really quick that I was to go and link arms with this sister that had just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because if you got in front of her, you were getting mowed over. She, she had her baby tied around the front of her and he was just bouncing up and down. And it didn't matter because something had happened. A stone had been rolled away and, and mis, misconstrued ideas about what it meant to serve the Lord. I don't know even what her past was and I didn't ask because it didn't matter. There had been a resurrection of things that were packed away and stunk. Because she had allowed God to roll away stone. And he is still rolling away stones. And I'm thankful. We couldn't enter Europe with a message any, any less powerful than the fact that he's still rolling away stones. Amen. I'm thankful for a gospel that works in the practicality of people's lives. Amen. I'm thankful tonight. We were just in Pennsylvania and we witnessed a 74-year-old man who had been attending church for years and had never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He came to the altar and just wept like a baby as God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 74 years old. How is it possible? Oh, I don't know what his story was. But it may have been that he had invited him to come and see but had never allowed him to roll away a stone. I don't know what it took to get him to roll away a stone. All I know is that he still rolls away stones. And he still calls Lazarus to come forth. He is a God that's concerned about that place. And it's more than just allowing him to come and see. But allowing him to take his rightful authority over that place. Amen. So that he can call back to life those things that, that were never supposed to have been dead. But he would say... He would say, I, I waited, I delayed to the extent 
that you would believe. Believe what? Believe that I am who I said I am. To believe that I am the resurrection and the life. To believe that I am the one who was sent to do this very thing. And not just in the physical, but to raise you up to life in the spiritual. Amen. And to give life more abundantly. Those, we can never, we may never even understand uh, some of the things that we, we face in this life. And truthfully, I believe that once we see his face, the question why isn't even going to be on our lips. There are some things that we're never going to understand. But if he delays, why don't you just chalk it up to understanding he's trying to get me to believe something. He wants me to believe that he is exactly who I need him to be. And he'll be there when I need him. He still rolls away stones. Amen. He still rolls away stones. There was a sweet Austrian young man who was actually brought to church by a visiting minister from Canada who was retired. Precious, precious man. He's the kind of guy that he's just so sweet that he would, he would tap that teenager next to him on the tram who had the earbuds in and have him pull it out just to tell him, I like your coat. Just that kind of syrupy sweet guy. And uh, he got up one morning and he said, Lord, I don't know the German language so you're going to have to help me today. Now, Vienna, you can find people that speak English, but sometimes it's a hit and miss. And so he would get on public transportation. He said, Lord, I just want you to leave me today. So he, he sat down on the tram and he got lost. And so he went all the way to the end of the city one way. And he decided, well, I'll get on the other tram going the other way. And, and we'll see what happens here. So he had been riding public transportation all day long. And he finally just plopped himself down. And he turned to the guy next to him and said, whew, I'm tired. And the young man responded to him, yeah, me too. And so he said, Lord, you've led me to somebody just like I asked you to this morning. They, they spent all day together talking about the things of God, invited him to church, his very first time in an apostolic service. Now, you have to understand, he's an Austrian young man and had never been exposed to, to the church as we know it. But he comes in and he says, I love this place. Yes. We knew that he would, but when to hear them say it is like, whew, thank you, Jesus. So he experienced this service. He was wide-eyed, couldn't figure out what in the world was going on, but he knew he loved it. He tells my husband after service, he said, Pastor Pace, I love this place. And he said, great, man, I'm so glad. You know, we were glad to have you today and just talk, kind of talking to him. He says, no, I love this place so much, I don't want to leave. And he said, well, we have service again on Wednesday. He said, no. I really don't want to leave. And he said, well, I think that's against the law. You're, you're, we're going to have to lock it up, and we're going to have service again on Wednesday, and then you can come again on Sunday. And he said, Pastor, you don't understand. I've never felt so safe before in all my life. Safe in that place. Because he had had someone come and see a place that was so, so not accustomed to visitors. But the, but the Holy Ghost had met him in a place that he actually felt comfortable that maybe I can roll away a stone here. And so he came back the next Sunday. It was Pentecost Sunday. Poor guy didn't stand a chance. God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Rolled away a stone. He's still doing it. Amen. I've never felt so safe before. They took testimonies just a few weeks ago from some of those 
uh, Farsi, Afghani, uh, and Syrian refugees that have been attending service, been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost already church-wide. We're receiving reports from Vienna that more than 102 people have already been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost this year. Incredible what God is doing, rolling away stones one at a time. And he's calling people forth, amen, to live powerful, militant, overcoming lives in Christ Jesus. But they started taking testimonies, and, and uh, it was really kind of incredible to see. And I wish I could have gotten a hold of, um, of where they were listed. But one stuck out in my mind, and, and one of those um, refugees who had been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost said, I'm just so thankful that I can know a God who loves me. You understand that, that preconceived ideas of who God was was that he was this mean taskmaster that they should fear. And as they're coming into relationship to a God that they can reveal that place to, and he can actually do something with what's in there, they're recognizing, I've never felt so loved before because he still rolls away stones from that place. Tonight, I don't know what's in that place for you, but I know we've all got them. And even as often as I allow the Holy Ghost to clean that space out, stuff gets shoved in there. And sometimes you, you pull out things in prayer that you didn't realize were in there for so long, and you recognize, ooh, that stinks. And he still rolls away stones. And he still wants to take care of that place. That place he wants to call something forward that you thought had long been dead. But he just wanted us to understand that it's not about what I could do with it anyway. But it's everything about what he can do with what I give him access to. See, I remember, um, I remember going to Liechtenstein the very first time on our first aim. And uh, feeling the weight of the burden of people. And falling in love with people and falling in love with a culture that I really didn't know a whole lot about. We went there, um, totally hadn't invested in learning a language. It was just, honestly, we took a trip just expecting that the Lord was going to talk to us and lead us. And so we spent um, first few months there. I remember walking down the street and wanting so desperately. We were kind of living in uh, Vorarlberg, which is on the other end of Austria next to Switzerland. And more of a country town. And so you didn't really find a whole lot of English speakers. And I remember feeling so um, burdened because I just wanted to have a conversation with someone and invite him to church. Our, our babies were attracting a lot of attention. And so then we would just use that attention and hand him a church card. And, um, but I remember going to the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, you just got to show me some faces of someone that would understand what I'm telling them. Show me their faces in prayer so that when I see them, when I'm shopping or something, we've got to do something. And uh, I poured my heart out to the Lord and, and uh, got up from prayer and opened up the word of God. And that's always a good place to go. And that's how he speaks to us. And I opened up to uh, Mary and Elizabeth. Mary would walk in to see Elizabeth and she said, hello, Elizabeth. And I remember having told the Lord, Lord, the best I know how to do is say hello, because it's hello. I mean, that's not so difficult. And so I would say hello, and that, first of all, would signal that I was totally American, talking to people on the sidewalk. And so I remember 
getting up from prayer and reading about Mary and Elizabeth, where Mary would walk into Elizabeth and say, Hello, Elizabeth. And the babe would leap in her womb. The Bible says as soon as the sound of that salutation landed in her ears, that the Holy Ghost came. And that babe leaped in her womb. And I remember getting up from prayer and hearing the Lord speak to my heart, if you'll keep saying hello, I'll anoint it to do something supernatural. Now, I could have easily buried away a, a burden in my heart into a tomb and rolled, covered it over with a stone because it was at the end of what I was able to do. But when you allow the Lord to roll away the stone and take what you've got buried and, and re resurrect it into something that He can get glory from and to cause you to believe, what it did for me is it reaffirmed a calling that the Lord was putting in my heart to understand that this is not your church. This is not your kingdom. It's not about what you can do. And I don't know what it is tonight sitting in this room that you're facing that you're trying really hard by your best efforts to do. But he wants, to, he wants you to understand and to believe that he's the author and finisher of our faith. That he's the one that can do it. You tried to nurse Lazarus back to health long enough. And some things we just got to let it die so that we can watch the power of God work in our lives. Just let the control go. I don't know how it is that the Lord is going to bring revival. Except for that I know it's not in my control. If I just keep on doing what he's called me to do, the rest is up to him. See, if we just go ahead and invite him to the place, come and see, and we allow him to roll away the stone, you're going to stand in amazement of what he's able to do. And you're going to have an understanding of who he is, the resurrection and the life. Amen. Would you allow the Lord tonight, I don't know what, what that place holds for you, but would you allow the Lord to come and take a visit to that place? Amen. Because who knows what it is that will resurrect from that place that will allow you to reach to other people that are also in that same place. Amen. I believe tonight that he still wants to roll away stones. And it's not just an overseas thing. Since we've been traveling in the United States, I'm thankful that he's rolled away stones for more than 100 people and filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's still doing great things. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? He just wants access to that place, to that place over and over and over again, just so that you'll believe that what he said is true and who he is is who he'll always be, the resurrection and the life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray, give us courage tonight, Lord, to be honest with ourselves and honest before you, Lord God. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Oh, how we need you tonight, Jesus. Give us courage, Lord, to allow you to roll away the stone, God. In the name of Jesus, that our faith would be increased and that we could believe you, Jesus. That we could believe you, Jesus, to be exactly who you are. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you lift up your hands together? I think, I think we just need to respond to the word of the Lord tonight. Come on, all across this place, would you just lift up your hands? Let's talk to the Lord for a moment. Lord Jesus, Lord, we receive this word tonight. I pray, God, that it would find a resting place in every mind, a resting place in every heart. 
Lord, do a work in this place. I'm getting ready to open up this altar. I wonder if there's somebody that would join me down here. We've received a word from the Lord tonight, and I, I feel like praying a little bit. I feel like talking to the Lord a little bit tonight. Would you join me tonight as they come to the music? Would you join me all across this place? Let's come quickly. And as you come down, I pray, let's reach up our hands and let's ask God. Let's invite the Lord into, into our hearts tonight. Let's invite the Lord into our minds to, to touch us and to resurrect something inside of us. Come on, let's do it. Let's lift up our voice together. All across this place, Lord, I'm asking God. Lord, find a way into every heart. Lord, there's things in this place, God. Lord, promises and, and different junctions, God, that we found ourselves at. We need the touch of the Lord tonight to help us. Come on, let's do that. Let's, would you mind, would you mind to reach over? Let's lay hands on somebody. Let's pray together. This is a word from the Lord for somebody tonight. God's got his eye on you. God, that's it, that's it, dear lady, right there. Lift up your voice. Come on, all across this place. Let's create an atmosphere where God can do something miraculous in this house tonight. Jesus in your name. Before you every breath that I take, every moment I wake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul.